I am sitting in beer in bed drinking beer. Nice. <laughs> oh, you were living beer, right. drinking bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love, as the clever name suggests. I am Resident Yes, and uh, Road Not Taken is on the road, well taken, uh, going to visit some family for the holiday. So it's just me as your intrepid host today, but I have two fabulous guests to talk with um, about a topic that, honestly, this is a little trip down memory lane for me, and it's also new information because uh, home parties are the way that I got introduced into the community for the first time. And I'll tell that story in just a little bit, but also I've never really thrown one. So the questions that I'm asking, you know, sometimes I'm asking questions for you. These are all for me. This is just for my own benefit, but we have received a number of questions uh, about, Hey, what if I want to kind of have my own little shindig? What if I want to have my own event? Where does that fit in sort of the pantheon of potential, uh, ABDL events? Should I do that right off the bat? Should I wait? How do I do it? So we're going to dive into all that before we do. I want to warn you that at the end of this episode, I'm going to have a particular ask for you because this is episode 99. Holy moly. 99. And episode 100 is going to be a kind of like review celebration of the last 100 episodes. So stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear my special ask from you. Now, enough of that. Let's start talking. I've got two friends here who I want to introduce to you. And first, I will start with a friend that I have known the longest. And in fact, this friend was at the very first party. ABDL party that I ever attended. So, Katrinka, welcome to Love and Brief. Thank you for having me. You bet. And I can't wait to sort of reminisce and revisit that party in just a moment. But before I do, I'll <laughs> ask you, as I do all of our guests, tell me about your love. Uh, well, my number one love is uh, probably ABDL, like... Uh, as a lifestyle, um, it's a hu- it's a huge part of my life. It pretty much absorbs every facet of my life, <laughs> um, and I love uh, all the people I've met in the community. Um, it's been amazing. You know, my, the, some of the people that I'm closest to um, are ABDL, and I've had friendships last longer in the community um, than I have had like vanilla friendships. Mm. So. Um, I would say my biggest love right now is just um, the welcomeness and just being able to, um, you know, be with my ABDL friends. Yeah. Ooh, I, I get chills because I remember, I remember being at that actually that first party, and I and there was another person there who uh, said, "Hey, I'm amazed this is your first thing. Believe it or not, someday your phone is going to have just as many." contacts in it with who are ABDL folks as, as those who are not. And I was like, there is no way there's no <laughs> way. Like maybe I'll meet these people tonight, but are these really long-term friends? And sure enough, here we are, what, 11, 12 years later. And it's absolutely yes. true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, you can tell which ones are which by the way, because the Nilla contacts will have names like Joseph and Mary, uh, not the biblical ones. Um, and then, (laughs) (laughs) then my ABDL contacts will have really weird names, right? Because that's how we met online. So, um, 
Perfect. And we're going to talk more about that party, but I want to introduce our other guest expert today and welcome Hannah to Love and Brief. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. Hey, tell me a little bit about your love. I would say my love is my other community, my trans community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, today we're recording on um, November 20th, which is International Trans Day of Remembrance. Mm. And that's the day we honor all the trans people that have been killed over the past year. Mm. So this is uh, a somber and meaningful occasion for us to be recording. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thank you for for mentioning that and bringing that to the show today. And hopefully folks listening um, can go and explore a little bit and learn more about Trans Day of Remembrance. Thank you for that. Yeah. So you are actually, so if Katrinka was one of the first people that I met, you are one of the most recent people I met because you hosted the very most recent ABDL party that I ever went to. So I feel like I've got bookends here of expertise. (laughs) This is perfect. Um, So here's what I want to do is I want to chat a little bit with both of you about sort of the mindset that goes into hosting your own at-home event. Katrinka, you've done this dozens of times. Hannah, you had your very first ABDL gathering, the one that I was at. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. And they were both really, really fun. So for either of you, what goes into the moment where you're like, I think I want to do this? And what's going through your your mind at that point? Well, for me, it was knowing that there were a lot of people that needed, that were already looking for somewhere to go for a party. Um, Mm. For me, actually... um, uh, a party had to be canceled kind of last minute and a few people still wanted to get together. And so it ended up being that I hosted. Um, and yeah, having all these people together ready to ready to party kind of made it easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was part of that initial group that was, you know, we had other plans and then it shifted and you stood up and said, I'll take this on. Like some of these folks I know, some of these folks like me, you didn't know and you still raised your hand and said, how about I open my home to this experience? What made you decide this is the moment I'm going to pull the trigger and have these folks come stay at my house? Um, I think I, I knew I knew about half of the people that were coming. Um, and they could kind of vouch for the other half. So I felt pretty confident in, in the group that was coming. Oh, we're going to get into that. And we talk about guests and, and vetting. That's really good. So you had half the folks that you already knew and trusted and, and you felt like they could vouch for the other half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Katrinka, this is not, you know, the first time, the second time, or even the 20th time you've done this, but if I can back you up into that first step out, do you remember... What made you turn the corner from, I like to go to ABDL events to, I want to host my own? I think for me, um, I love being a hostess. Um, I love, like my like general nature is I love taking care of people um, and providing a safe place for people to feel like themselves. Um, and like over the years, the parties got like bigger and bigger and bigger um, but initially it was just, um, you know, I had the space and um, I just wanted all of my friends together in one spot. 
um, where they felt comfortable. It's interesting that both you and Hannah were in mind of and reacting to other people's needs, wants, and desires in that moment that you both saw an opportunity where you felt like there was, I mean, in Hannah's case, there was a very real obvious present hole in, you know, missing something missing in that it was like, Oh, we have nowhere to have this gathering. And Katrinka in your, in your case, it sounds like there was just a group of people who you thought could gather, could get together or, or was there a push like, Hey, somebody hosts something. I think it was more of a somebody host something and, you know, some of our early parties like Epic Party, which I think was like 2008 or 2009 Mm. was like the, one of the very first parties um, that we hosted. And there was people, you know, from like all over the U S we probably had 30 people in our home um, for a weekend. Wow. Um, So that was, uh, like we definitely went big um, the first party that we had. <laughs> so you didn't mess around. You went straight from zero to 30 people staying at your home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, uh, but but it, it sounds like there was a responding to a need, like the community, the folks around you were like, hey, we got to get together. And you said, I've got the space. Let's do this. Yes. And, yeah. you know, everyone... Um, uh, there was in the beginning, um, you know, our, our group was like a little more like close knit, but then, uh, moving on, it was kind of like, you know, people would be like, Oh, I've met this other person nearby and be really great. And I think, you know, we'd all get along, um, you know, and people would vouch for other people. Um, and then it just kept, you know, it just grows from there. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder who vouched for me at that first one. I don't know, but thank you to whoever that was because <laughs> I had never met anybody. That's very cool. So let's talk about the the path to this first experience, whether it was that 30-person epic party you had, Katrinka, or Hannah, the smaller gathering that you had in your home. Had you had y'all attended other stuff? Had you gone to munches? How did you work your way up to, if at all, this decision to actually have people in your home? Gosh, I think, I think for me, it was more just spur of the moment. Um, the opportunity presented itself and I jumped at it. Did you have any reservations? Were there things that you were worried about or maybe you were on the fence about? Surprisingly, no. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of people had, um, it wasn't just me that put it together. There was basically a party pre-planned ready to go um that someone else basically brought and so that that made it perfect yeah that is helpful if if there's already kind of a theme or activities or what have you that are already somebody's already thought of yeah and i mean everybody attending knew um that we were all just kind of there to salvage a good time mhm mhm Katrinka, for you, was there a series of things that led up to this? Had you tried other things first? I feel like I'm talking about a gateway um, drug, by the way, but <laughs> had you had you attended munches or, or been I'm to other people's parties? Now. Yeah, I'm totally addicted. <laughs> um, we had, tr- um, like back in the day, um, like we had tried going to some local munches um, and even like some not so local munches um, in 
Tulsa, like down in Columbus. And it was a really, um, that was like a weird time. And it's, there's still some of that where, um, you know, you go to a munch and you don't know people that well, and maybe they don't really represent, um, uh, the community well in public. Mm, I see. So, uh, we, we, after like some failed, like a failed attempts at, uh, going to munches, we just kind of figured, you know, um, let's build on our like core group of friends and, you know, we just kind of expanded from there. Yeah. Um, and you made a thing, right? Like you saw a gap and you said, I'm going to step in and make a thing. And in your case, it even had a name. Was it called the Epic Party before you had it? Or was that just a reflection afterward? Uh, it was, it was epic. Yeah. Um, it was called the Epic Party. I think it had like its own, uh, like remember the old YABDL group? Sure. Um, it was, uh, it like had like its own like pinned thread in there. And like, I know a lot of people that went, you know, um, yeah. so it's, you know, a, a lot of those people are still around and it's just, it's crazy to, you see, you know, like to, you've seen them grow so much in, you know, 10, 15 years. Oh yeah. And I remember the Epic party thread and I remember thinking, Oh my God, I can't imagine. I mean, I wish I could be there. And also I can't, what would it be like to go to a party that big? And of course now here we are, you know, Capcom and there's all these huge events yeah. but back then. It was unthinkable to have that many ABDL folk in one place. That was so cool. Yeah. So I'm wondering, how do you, how do you both think about choosing what sort of party, how many people to invite and even the guest list? How how do you think about that? And Hannah, I'm sort of asking even for the future, I guess I should ask, do you think you'll have another one? Ooh, I mean, definitely. Nice. Um, I'm inviting myself. That's what I mean. Of course. Yeah, of course. You're both invited. Um, (laughs) Whenever that will be, I don't know, whenever scheduling happens or Mm -hmm. things adults say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so, I'll definitely do another one. So as you're, as you're both pondering, you know, sort of the next one or even considering the last one, how do you think about how many people to invite, how to think about what kind of party it's going to be and how the guest list is going to work? Um, for me, it always starts out with like a smaller amount of people. It's like, okay, we're going to invite maybe 10 people. And then it's like, oh, well, we haven't seen so-and-so in a while, so we should invite them. And then that person's like, oh, well, can I bring my new partner, um, or a really good friend of mine? I think you guys have a lot in common and they fit in well with the group and it just kind of grows. Like I recently planned a party and it started out as 12 people and it went up to like 21 people. Oh, holy shit. That's um, not even close. Oh. It just, just <laughs> keeps like, it, it's just snowballs. And I'm like, yeah, like I never want to turn anyone down, you know, especially if it's people that I already know. It's like, there's always, um, space, you know, we can make space and, you know, um, I just, I really enjoy having as many people as possible <laughs> to make an interesting party. Now, the way the way that you're talking about it, and even with the Epic Party, like I'm picturing Windsor Castle when you say we can make space, that it just is, you know, expansive 65,000 square feet, but that's not the case. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you think about making space in your, <laughs> in your parties? Well, in like our house now, um, 
it's kind of like a mishmash because it's like, okay, um, we have like two queen beds, two like two cribs, um, you know, air mattresses galore, futons, couches. Um, so you kind of let people know like ahead of time, um, like kind of what the sleeping arrangements are going to be. And I try to keep like couples together or if someone, um, you know, maybe they have like a medical need, like they have like a CPAP machine or something. I try to make sure that they get like a bed, um, and not on the floor. Um, but definitely, I remember, like, I remember you telling I, me that actually. No, sorry, not to cut you off, but I remember <laughs> yeah, you telling no, me okay. like, um, well, we're having a party, and well, there's a couple people there. They have CPAP machine. They're gonna take the the cribs. I was like, oh, that's really thoughtful. And anyway, sorry, I just remember how thoughtful <laughs> that was when you told me. Only on this podcast does that sentence sound totally normal, where you're like, well, let's see, the two people with CPAPs get the cribs. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> totally. But you're you're thinking about these things beforehand. Yes. Um, like, when I plan a party, like, it's, like, all-consuming for me the week before. Like, down to, like, dietary restrictions, um, you know, like cleaning like I'm like a very tidy person so I'm like obsessively cleaning the house um you know and people who are allergic to cats I have three cats I let everyone know hey I have cats um they live here too so if that's going to be a problem you know I try to put them in a room that I've uh like the guest room that you know I've wiped down the walls and the ceiling fans and like laundered everything and Mm. um you know just try to like put things out there that might be difficult for people, you know, and just ask, you know, um, try to accommodate people, um, as much as I can, you know, I've never had like any outrageous requests. Um, but yeah. It's like, like I, I can only fall asleep on a giant stack of vintage tens, for instance, (laughs) this is me telling you that for the next part. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) Hannah, you did something really similar. I mean, I was so touched I had never met you before and you had created such a wonderful, clean, appointed space for me and for the others. I mean, you really went all out. What was it like to prep for that party, especially on short notice? Um, wow. You're giving me far too more, too much credit, way more than I deserve. Um, <laughs> I, I blew up the air mattress for you. Like that's, that's no, I the mean, it was like, it, no, I mean, I noticed details like down in the, it, like even in the, in the guest bathroom, it was like brand new soap and brand new towels. Like everything felt so like you, like you thought of us, you know what I mean? And I imagine oh. that's a lot of work. No, I'm, I mean, I've, of course, um, want to make sure everybody's taken care of when they're here. Now it didn't help that then the shower broke on, on all of us. So yeah, that, what are you going to do? You know, had the toilets broken, I'm certain we wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's very true. But yeah, no, I mean it, it I want to go, I want to make sure everybody feels at home while they're here. Could drink a habit for you. Are there, are there any tips that you would have to really help people feel at home? Well, I try to, um, you know, like make sure every, I, uh, you know, make sure there are just lots of like snacks and drinks and there's always like comfortable places for people to sit. And, you know, you could listen to music in one room, you can watch TV in another room, you can go upstairs and nap in another room, especially if it's like a, a weekend long party or something, 
um, trying to plan like excursions during the day, um, just to get people out of the house and, um, you know, people who want to stay behind. Um, I guess like for making it like homey, that's kind of hard to say. I guess I just try to anticipate everyone's needs, um, which can be kind of hard, but, um, you know, I just, it's our, some of our longer parties and Hannah was at, um, my house for a party recently, like within the past, mm-hmm. was like a month and a half ago, two months yeah. ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And Hannah's like the best house guest. She makes uh-huh. amazing coffee cake that she I, always I got brings. to have it. It's so good. No, no. RY did not get to have any of that that was a that was a fake that was it was awesome my oven broke and so it the coffee cake didn't cook all the way through (laughs) so everybody got mush cake okay well i love mush cake and that's all i want from here on out fine (laughs) i think you're you're always like your worst critic on your on your baking i know it's always been good yeah (laughs) So you're trying, you're trying to anticipate needs. You're trying to think ahead. Inevitably stuff is going to come up, right? Have, have you experienced any surprises that, uh, that you had to sort of handle on the fly? And if so, how did you handle it? I have had like a few instances where, um, it was like bigger parties and it was more like someone vouched for someone else. Um, and maybe that person didn't quite fit in with the group as hope you know as we were hoping like maybe they had strong opinions on something and were very vocal about it or um it just wasn't a good fit and then um you just kind of have to you know try to facilitate like encourage like positive conversations you know and like not you know try to avoid the you know regular like political religious um you just try to facilitate like more, um, more positive conversations or like try to just, you know, distract people with, um, not distract, but if you feel like maybe something's, you know, something's a little off, try to, you know, start yeah. a game or an activity, um, just I, to try to, I feel like you're uh, describing like a, a, a party host's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, Yeah. I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, yes, do those things. Oh my You're right. Gosh. Distract, distract. Yes. Yeah. I picture like jingling your keys, you know, just Absolutely. like get everybody to look over here. <laughs> you know, that horrible thing that person just said, Oh, look over here. I made a pie. <laughs> do a, do a conga line, whatever it takes. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting because in a, in a one-on-one dynamic or even a small group dynamic that is not a party, you know, sometimes those types of discussions become rich and they're okay. But when you're hosting a party, I can see where like, this is not the moment that you want to generate and process controversy. This is not the moment that you're like, yeah, let's all work through this massive issue together. Yeah. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> So do you do you choose your guests based on how they're likely to get along? Yeah, I mean I I think that's kind of a a good way to do it. Um that way you you kind of know everyone's going to get along. Um I think there's a lot of risk otherwise. I've only done a small party and Katrinka, I can't imagine a party of like 20 plus or even more guests. 
like when I am like looking at a guest list, you know, there's like a core group of people that I always want to invite. Um, and then, um, you know, someone will be like suggest that someone else is invited. And I'm like, well, I know that this person doesn't get along with this person or, you know, like the ABDL, um, pool is very shallow and a lot of people have dated a lot of other people. So, um, Oh yeah, you know, there's that. Yeah. I run into that quite a bit. There's a, it's like, a oh. rich ABDL history that I'm just not aware of. Like I'm not <laughs> as much of an ABDL history scholar <laughs> as everyone else. It's a tangled web. We weave friends. It's a tangled web. <laughs> yeah. So what about the, the, I mean, if, if somebody's never been to an ABDL party before, and, and specifically, again, we're talking about these home parties, right? Because we've talked a lot about big events. We've talked a bit about meetups, munches, but we're talking about a party in your home. Um, what sorts of things happen at an ABDL party? Like, is it different than what happens at other parties? How, how might somebody recognize that this is an ABDL party? Or, or would they? Would it look just like everything else? Um, I guess like in the beginning, um, for me, um, are, you know, back in the day, like mid like two thousands, um, parties were a lot more, um, reserved, uh, than they are now. Um, and I think it was just maybe, uh, the group of people that, you know, we were with, like, um, you know, we use the code word dip. We like people didn't even say diaper out loud sometimes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we were just uh, we were kind of repressed um, because it was still new um, to even be within able to, the like, confines of the party. Yeah. You're, they still yeah. weren't saying it. Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't um, until uh, probably like within the last seven or eight years that um you know, it's definitely become, you know, people walk in the door of vanilla and then the next thing you know, they're like stripping down to their, you know, cute outfits or their onesies that's under their clothes, you know, is it like as soon as they walk in the kitchen. <laughs> so it's definitely Well, changed. that's adorable. <laughs> no, I'm all for that. I think that's a kind of what I did on the first day of, of my party when once everybody was here. Well, I went and got changed into my pajamas and then came down. That is such a great icebreaker, though, you know, to be the first person at the party, if it's the host. Because I, I don't know if it's, I remember the first time when I was in junior high that I, w I was in like a shared locker room and it was time to change for swimming or whatever. And I remember thinking like, if I get naked, will I be arrested? Like I, I've literally, I haven't seen anybody else do this thing yet. And if I do this, is this the wrong thing to do? Or is it totally okay? And then somebody else did it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. Like, I'm not being a total perv and terrible if I take my clothes off. This is not... a, a joke people are playing on me. This is actually... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not like breaking a law. And I'm not recommending that you walk into the, your first ABDL party and get naked exactly. But no. if, if the host, you know, comes down wearing something that says, yes, this is in fact an ABDL party. Like there is a diaper involved or there is your little clothes or whatever it happens to be. I can imagine that, uh, that kind of breaks the ice for everybody else. Definitely. Yeah, I think it definitely <laughs> did too. 
It did. Hannah, I saw it ca- like cascade from there. I mean, you know, you had seven or eight guests and, and like after that, everybody's like, sweet. It's one of those parties. Awesome. And it yeah. wasn't like everybody just got naked. It was like people got in their PJs and they got their cute outfits on. And it exactly. just kind of gave everybody permission that, yes, this is not just a party. This is an ABDL party. Yeah. What else would you um, recommend in setup? for an ABDL party, for instance, is there, do you, do you talk consent with people individually or do you send out a note about that? Do you talk, you know, Nilla clothes, street clothes when on the back porch, do you send out heads ups on your expectations? How do you prepare your guests to have a good time while still sort of behaving in the boundaries that you hope from them? Yeah, I, um, Knowing that people were coming, I sat down and thought through just the general list of rules or expectations, but just general things that like um, I didn't want hard drugs um, in my house or um, not that that's a judgment on anybody. It's just a boundary for me. Um, And other things and then i put in there just a reminder about consent um for everybody in the space and yeah and then just other things to expect bring your own beer and other other stuff like that that's all just typical party stuff so stuff you might see in another party minus the things like consent did you talk clothing did you share any expectations about like what to wear when yeah i think i did say something like vanilla clothes at um to the door and then whatever in the house yeah katrinka how do you prepare your your guests beforehand um usually you know i kind of say the same thing you know vanilla clothes um coming and going um even if you're like running out to your car um you know to get something, make sure that you're, um, you know, vanilla on the outside. Um, oh, I haven't, um, had any consent issues. Um, I think I, um, I like, I vet people like so thoroughly, um, that I've never had anything come up, knock on wood. And I'm very, I'm grateful for that. Um, but you know, most people, pretty much anyone who's come to like a party I've known, like you know, that I've hosted, I've known, you know, pretty well, or the person that who's vouching for them, like I trust implicitly, you know? Um, so luckily I haven't had to do that. You know, basically like the, um, you know, normal rules, like, you know, make sure you put your diapers in like the black garbage bags. And, you know, um, if there's multiple, you know, if it's a longer party, we'll have like diaper changing stations, um, you know, and house guests are usually, um, you know, especially for a longer party, they're good about like helping, like taking out the trash and taking turns cooking and cleaning up. And, um, Hannah always folds her sheets and her blankets and everything and leaves them on the crib. <laughs> of course you do, Hannah. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> don't want to make too the... much trouble for you. Oh, that's no. so sweet. And then you... She always leaves an extra coffee cake for me. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, hell, I'm throwing a party, Hannah. You're the only guest invited. <laughs> Deal. I'll see you in an hour. Deal. An hour? I don't know about that. You have to really step on it. <laughs> catch, a, catch a plane. 
No, but I know, like, I know the amount of time and care that you take in vetting people, Katrinka, that, like, I trust the people that you trust. Because Uh I know, yeah, I mean, I know how much time, yeah, I know how much it means to have your trust, so. Oh. (laughs) Sounds like that vouching thing is super important here, because you're not necessarily going to know everybody. But it sounds like you're leaning a lot on vouching coming from people you absolutely do know and trust. Yeah. Yes. So no pressure. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you make such an important point, Hannah, which is you're actually leaning on the trust and integrity of the host there, right? Because it's not we're, we're talking about the host taking a risk, but every guest is also taking a risk That's on true. the other guests. And you're leaning on the integrity and the, and the history of this host and doing good vetting and vouching. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So you've got your party in, in planning stages. You've done all the prep. It's day of things, you know, folks are coming through the door. Things are starting to get in full swing. Are there, talk to me about activities. Talk to me about things that you pre-plan versus unstructured time. And even the mix of those, do you want to plan a ton of stuff? Do you not want to plan a ton and just let it happen? What do you, what do y'all do? I have a bunch of just kind of off hand um, party games ready to go whenever I need them. So that was good to have, but I definitely think unstructured time is needed as well. Is it anxiety producing to have that unstructured time? I just I'm picturing myself being like, is everybody having fun? Do I have to plan stuff? Or did it did it does it just sort of come naturally? For me, it kind of felt like it came naturally. Um, but yeah, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, is everybody active or engaged in something that they're getting enjoyment out of or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was so impressed, Hannah, because, you know, of all the things for us to do, we fell, and I, and I know you have all these wonderful party games, like we fell into charades, right? Yeah. Like, which is like the most wholesome game ever. And... It was so fun. Like, it was legit laugh-out-loud funny. It really was. And made for some of my favorite memories of the weekend. Like, this game that's been around for, you know, five, ten decades, I don't know. And it was legit one of the highlights of the weekend. Yeah. And even just sitting around playing Fortnite and watching each other and cheering each other on. Like, unstructured, super fun. Yeah, it it was a good chance to just zone out on something. Yeah. Katrika, how do you think about activities and and planning versus unstructured time? Well, for me, it depends on like the length of the party. If it's just like an overnight thing, it's usually more unstructured. Um, You know, people, if it's like a large group of people, people usually break off into groups. You know, maybe some of the people who are more introverted might um, go upstairs um, and, uh, you know, like hang out in like the nursery and like, play with toys um, and just like relax and watch cartoons. Um, People who are like more of party animals probably usually like in the kitchen um, or in the dining room. Um, And people usually end up in the dining room quite a bit for like, um, even if playing like card games or board games, um, drinking games. (laughs) But for a smaller party, I would say most of it is unstructured. And then for longer like maybe like a weekend party, I try to do at least one outside of the house activity. 
um, mostly just to mm. give um, my partner a break because he does most of the cooking. Um, he's a good cook oh. and he does most of the cooking. So I try to get, um, you know, make sure that he has space. And then, you know, people who don't want to go on whatever, wherever we're going, like if we're going to like the pumpkin patch or, um, you know, uh, the petting zoo or whatever, um, people who want to just stay and chill, just stay and chill. Or, you know, people will sleep in until like noon and then some people are up at like 6 a.m. So it's... I think that kind of field trip is really necessary just to get people out of the space a little bit. Yeah. Let people stretch their legs and go out. Or if you stay back, then you get a little more, you know, room. Everybody's not on top of each other kind of thing. Yeah. I agree. Especially if it's multiple days like that. Yeah. It's really nice to get out of the house and to create that space. Like there are folks, you know, RNT is really introverted. And so she would, after about a day and a half, she would kind of hit her limit. And so to have, even if it's a really fun outing to have the option to stay back and just have some quiet time in one of the rooms and there's not people everywhere, man, that was invaluable for her. And I, I'll try not to speak for her since she's not here, but I just, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what would we have done without this time? So what about, um, I think there are probably some barriers that folks are imagining and I'll, I'll, we'll go through a couple of them, but the first I want to talk about is cost. I mean, right. Everything's very expensive right now. I'm sure leading up to a party, you're anticipating cost expenses. How do you think about the financial uh, investment of a party and are there ways to mitigate some of that? Um, for me, like, um, if I host a party and I want to have 20 people, um, like I feel, you know, like these are guests in my home and they're not responsible for anything. Um, you know, I, you know, if I can't feed 20 people, then I'm not going to have 20 people over. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so, and I don't, I haven't, um, I know like some of like the really big parties, um, you know, like at Airbnb, Airbnbs and stuff, you know, everyone chips in for, you know, their room and, um, food and things like that. I guess the only thing really is I usually ask that people like maybe bring, if they're like specific about like a, like a certain type of drink, you know, if they like a certain type of like hard liquor, if they like a certain type of, um, beer or whatever like bring that but for me um like the financial cost is if i can't afford to do you know if i can't absorb the cost myself then i won't throw the party so will you scale it down to a cost you can afford or just wait until you've you've saved up for that i do like throw smaller parties um Mm -hmm. you know or it just it turns it turns into like you know, I'll be like, oh, hey, Hannah, having a couple people over, you know, you want to come up this weekend, um, you know, or whatever. It's just smaller things to yeah. like tide me over, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> until um, until bigger things. So you do sort of an all inclusive approach. Like once somebody walks in your house, you've got this from there on out. You're not, they're, they're not cooking. They're not bringing a potluck. They're not chipping in for for whatever you're you're planning it from the beginning i'm only having as many people as i can afford to take care of for that whole period right like in my head yes that's how i think but honestly like almost you know people rarely show up empty-handed and people are very you know everyone i've had um for parties like house guests are very 
um, you know, they don't expect you to, you know, provide every single tiny thing. I mean, of course, like that's what my plan is, but, you know, very rarely do people show up empty handed and, you know, people will, um, you know, help out cooking or, you know, cleaning up things like that. So they're sharing some of the burden. Okay. Got it. I found that with, with the party that I threw as well. Like you were there and several others that just kind of jumped in and and chipped in while Mm -hmm. they were there too, which was made it that much easier. Yep. And I've been to, to the whole spectrum myself and I've enjoyed the whole spectrum. Some um, events or parties that I've been to where for whatever reason, the host says, look, I've got everything covered. Just show up as long as you, you know, as long as you're here, I've got food and and whatnot covered. Maybe, you know, as you said, Katrinka, like if you have a special drink, of course, bring it, but I even have some of that all the way through to, Hey, I don't have a lot of money, but I would love for people to get together and I'm willing to host. So if everybody could send, you know, $45 or, or bring food or sign up for a potluck, um, and both have been amazing. And both models and everything in between works really well. And sometimes it's just, um, Hey, if you could bring just this one thing, I'll take care of most of it. But if you could bring this one thing, you're in charge of that. So for instance, you know, Hey, we're going to have one night where I know you make amazing chili. Could you bring the stuff and just make chili that will cover that one meal or whatever it happens to be. I've seen the whole spectrum and all of them have been really, really fun. No, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do it for sure to just split out the, the burden, share the burden. What about um, space? I think that's a concern um, for for most people, right? Like, how, how could I really think about having a party? Maybe my, I feel like my space is too small, or I don't know how to plan for my space. How do how do each of you think about the room that you have and how it might relate to the number of people that you want to invite? Um, it's usually like I was saying earlier, like people who you know, I try to keep like couples together. And a lot of times it is like, like, you know, like I'll clear out like a big space in the, like in our den. And then it's like air mattress central. You know what I mean? Um, Just a bunch of people lined up in one big room. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I've got like a mattress thrown on the floor, like in our bedroom and there's people sleeping there and it's like, okay, well there's like the big, our bed's big enough for three people. Like who wants to, you know, if there's no place for you to go here. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah, like some people will just, um, I would say like uh, like some of the younger people, like I've had people like fall asleep, like curled up in like my bean bag. I've had people fall asleep on the floor and they don't want to be moved. Um, I can totally see somebody falling asleep in the bean bag for sure. That looks so <laughs> comfy. I know where Hannah's sleeping at your next party, Katrinka. <laughs> no, I'm I a- call Little Spoon. Oh, cute. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of couch sleeping myself. I sleep really well on couches. And I think sometimes I have a tendency to think, well, I'm not, maybe I'm not being a good host. If I'm like, somebody could sleep on the couch. I'm just saying, if you're inviting me over, leave me room on the couch. I love the couch. (laughs) So it's okay to have folks sleep on the floor. It's okay to have folks sleep on air mattresses in a big room. It's okay to have folks sleep at, uh, at the end of your bed in a sleeping bag or whatever. Those, those things are okay. Yes. I just try to give you know, a heads up ahead of time, um, you know, and try to accommodate, um, you know, where I can, um, you know, if people, maybe if someone is like vouching for someone else, try to room them like together or, um, 
if I know someone is like, maybe they need, um, they have a little bit of like social anxiety or they're like very introverted. I'll put them like upstairs, um, you know, where they have like a door, they can shut the door. You know, they're not in the big introvert or extrovert pile in the living room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I've even seen that work dynamically during the course of a party or a weekend where maybe somebody had a plan and, hey, I put these two people in this room and they have a door, but then somebody does, maybe who was out in the main area, has an introversion or they have a need to be alone and everybody's totally cool. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times where it's like, hey, could I go take a nap in your bed? Yeah, that's totally fine. Can I go chill out in your room? Can I have some quiet time behind your closed door? Absolutely. I think my experience has been that folks want everybody to have a good time, not just the host wants that. And if they can create space for that to happen, they do. I think there's definitely moments for me where I've needed some alone time, you know, even in the middle of a big party. I think I experienced that multiple times during CAP. So, yeah, for sure. And, and so the, the hard and fast rule is it's not applicable, right? It's not that this is somebody's bedroom and nobody's allowed in there. You can have dynamic spaces. Yeah, absolutely. So I, one of the other barriers I think that may come up is that folks are concerned about their stuff. Like I have stuff that I really care about. Do you, do y'all do anything to like prep your stuff so that it's not jeopardized while people are there? I don't have a lot of jeopardizable stuff. So I I mostly just tie, tried to tidy up the space and dust everything and clean around. And so you weren't worried about, I mean, because I know you had some, some memory stuff on the shelves that was important to you. I didn't know if you worried yeah. about like somebody's going to take my stuff or break my stuff. No, I mean, I think that comes with part of the vetting of the people. Like, um, I I trusted the people that vetted the people I didn't know, and I knew the rest of the people, and, and I knew the rest of them. So, uh, I felt confident that people were going to respect my space. Yeah, you're right. I guess a lot of that does come with the trust element. Katrinka, how do you handle stuff and your stuff? Um. I would say the same. Um, I wouldn't have anyone in my house if I didn't feel a hundred percent, um, comfortable. If I, if I felt uncomfortable in any way, or if I didn't trust them, um, or trusted the person who vouched for them, then I just wouldn't even have them, um, Mm, over. So it's never been, um, it's never been an issue. Um, you know, and I don't have like a lot of, you know, valuable things. Like I have three cats, like you're never going to have nice things as long as you have like cats or kids. Yeah. So <laughs> are you afraid they're going to um, take the cats? <laughs> so I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone tried to take one of my kitties home because they're pretty friendly, but they're pretty nice. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if I didn't trust them uh, like implicitly, you know, I mean, every party I've had, I, you know, like I could go run errands or whatever and be the house, you know, I could leave the house in capable hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I actually did that the, the very first day. That's a, I'm so glad you said that, that Friday, the first day of having people over, I left to go run errands to go pick up pizza with everyone and left, you know, the rest of the guests there. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I, trusted people. Hannah was like, keep an eye on our why. 
Yeah. That guy's squirrely. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to he take my stuff. He was talking about that bidet a lot. I do love the bidet. <laughs> I'm I'm like gonna bring my own bidet to every party. They're so cool. I'm a big do fan. Do you have a bidet, RY? I do. Oh my gosh, I'm an absolute apostle for him. I have okay. one in three three bathrooms. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Won't live without him. I assumed as much, but yes. I, <laughs> I shouldn't assume. It's the bidet. This is another whole episode that we need to do on just bidets because I'm such a huge fan and it's one of those things that I can't believe everybody doesn't have one all the time. <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode on bidet tips and tricks for sure. I mean, for ABDLs of all people. Anyway, let's, we'll move on. Um, Wait, are you saying this has not become the bidet episode? This it's it's quickly turning into the. Sneaky I'm gonna have to put that in the show notes. Yeah, that's right. Part two. Um, so we here's one thing we haven't talked about is dips. It's like interestingly when I talked about stuff, most of the time when people come to stay at my house, that's the one thing I hide. Right, that's the one thing that isn't out. Everything yeah. else is fair game. At an ABDL party, what do you do about dips? Do you share? Do do you expect people to use yours? Do you have people? only bring their own or their exchanges what do you do great question i i love to at least well i'll I'll give everyone a tour of the house when they get here um and uh, i usually end with my uh my diaper closet and um yeah i don't know i i welcome people to to share as long as they're not taking everything Actually, I don't know that I did welcome people to share. That's, that could be a lie. <laughs> You're like, that's aspirational for me. Yeah, I'm looking sure. back on it, I would like to think that I did, but I don't think that's true. Katrika, how about you? How do you handle dips? Um, I usually, like for like bigger parties and stuff, I, it's usually like um, BYOD. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> can't, can't supply for a huge no, party. No, like, no, no. Yeah. But like, um, you know, if people are like frequently we'll have people like for bigger stuff, we'll have people fly in from like out of state and it's like, you know, feel free to ship if you, you know, if you're flying, um, you know, you don't want to waste a ton of space on dips, you know, feel free to ship them ahead or, um, you know, like Venmo me and I'll order you a bag or whatever, but that, you know, some people just forget, you know, and I have like, a plethora of di- of diapers, so I'm like, For oh, sure. could you take the taggables? Because I'm trying to get rid of them. <laughs> I'm just certain there will be plenty of folks to take you up on that offer. Yeah, <laughs> I have like two bunny hops I've been trying to get rid of for forever. Oh no, you can't seem to shake them, huh? No. No, I'm sure somebody listening is going to write you immediately and be like, "I'll take them." <laughs> probably, probably. I mean, yeah. For me, like, it's actually such a pleasure. And again, I haven't had like a party party, but having people over, it's such a pleasure to actually open up my closet, my dip closet and be like, here are all the diapers and you're welcome to take them. You know, not all of them, like don't shove them all in your duffel bag, but um, (laughs) I don't get to do that with most people who visit my house, right? That's really fun. And there's usually an element of exchange where somebody will say, oh, that's so cool. I really, I've always wanted to try those. And I'll be like, here, take two or three. And then they'll say well, I've got this. Do you want to try that? Yeah, I do. It's not necessary to have exchange. I'm happy to just share, but it is kind of a fun moment and an organic thing that seems to happen at a lot of the parties that I've been to where people like in the living room will just organically exchange and try new things. 
That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's something they've never tried before and you have a couple of them. It's, I remember when Tress first came out and I had a, a handful of them and I got to exchange them. And at the time it was like, I, the the trading value on Tress was very high. You know, it was like, oh, I could get four of anything for this. Now they're more widely available, but but it is fun. It's fun to exchange. It's fun to try new things and even just show off stuff that that maybe other folks haven't seen before. I feel like it's like a Comic Con type situation. You know, it's like a trade show or something where it's like, ooh, I haven't seen that before. That's cool. Like uh, not trading Pokemon cards, but trading diapers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what about dip disposal? I think one of the things that may be a barrier for folks is they're like, uh, my trash only comes once a week. What What am I going to do with all these? How do you handle dip disposal? We actually had like for our last big party, um, it was like there was way too much. And we only have like two of the large like rolly cans, you know, that you put at the end of your driveway. And yeah. we had to order a neck, an extra one um, for, <laughs> just for, for that week. And then, well, and now we have it like forever because, oh, wow. Uh, um, you know, just because I mean, we do have people over fairly often. I mean, we go through a lot of trash or we're like, we go through a lot of di- diaper trash. You'll use it eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. And I want to say, um, Last Halloween, maybe, um, we had, we didn't have an extra trash can and I, we had so many dips to dispose of that we fit whatever we could in like our one large trash can. And then I went to my old part, I loaded up bags of like black contractor bags of diapers and someone from the party came with me to my old apartment building and we dumped them (laughs) in the dumpster there. Yes, I wish I could say I have not done this. I have totally done this, right? Like, <laughs> I've been at the parties where it's like we have clearly exceeded our trash capacity, and we will load up a you know a truck, throw it in the back of a of a flatbed truck or whatever, and drive it somewhere. <laughs> Try and yep. find a dumpster to put it in. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Here's me admitting it. Look, you can't prove it, and statute of limitations <laughs> is over. Could you but imagine what? being caught doing that? Oh my god! <laughs> Don't that, think I haven't thought see, about that's, it. See, that's I'm mortified. Like, like I would, I couldn't, I, I could not possibly. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I guess the alternative I'm is like storm my in fake your garage as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly. Oh, I mean, it, like looking at the at the option of either that or keeping them in your hot garage for three weeks while you wait for the next mm-hmm. garage cycle or okay, the garbage yeah, cycle. I'll hop in the truck with yeah, you. I'll see you in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, boy, you hit on something with those contractor bags, though. Those are a big winner, Katrinka. This is one of those things that I hadn't thought about, and I'm glad the person who held one of the big parties I went to had thought about, is that it doesn't matter how many little white kitchen trash bags you have. If yeah. you have to take them off site, you, you're going to need some big black contractor bags. So just get them. Yeah. Just get them beforehand. Yep. It's a party essential. ABDL it party is. essential. Even if it's just full of, you know, beer cans and solo cups, fine. But just get a couple of contractor bags. Like, yeah. if it turns out you need them, it's going to save you a lot of weird questions. Do you have any other tips and tricks? And then I'm going to ask you about advice for somebody who's thinking about a party. But do you have any other tips and tricks that have come through in the clutch for you at your parties? Ooh. Um... Well, I'm just now learning about contractor bags. So yeah, there's one for that's you. That's a big one. 
Um, write that one down. Yeah, write, writing that one down for sure. No, I don't know. I mean, I I would just say do your best to keep people occupied, but give them the space to do their own thing. I don't know. For sure. I, I love the, the sort of choreographed energy of that, of like, I have some things I've planned. I have created a, a rhythm also of rest, and yeah. I will let the unstructured time fill itself. Exactly. Yeah. Katrinka, how about for you? Do you have any tips or tricks for the would-be party planner? Um, I mean, I definitely agree with Hannah about, you know, having the unstructured time and the, you know, quiet time or just, you know, letting things develop organically as they usually do. Like, as a party progresses, um, you know, people become more comfortable. I guess, you know, just be conscious of the people that you're putting together, um, you know, like per, with like different personalities and like, or, you know, people are going to mesh together well. And then, you know, if there is going to be um, some sort of conflict, you know, how you are going to resolve it, um, you know, or like the distractions, things like that. And also, um, you know, for like housekeeping stuff, like just think just overbuy because you would always want to have too much instead of too little because it's terrible to like run out of like fridge space or, you know, you run out of, you don't want to stop at the middle of a party and have to go get more stuff. And then also anticipate that people are going to, you know, forget things like toothbrushes and deodorant and shampoo or, you know, especially if they're traveling or they, you know, it was a quick last minute decision to come to the party. Um, I always try to keep like toiletry, um, baskets in the bathroom so people can um you know bring extra stuff you are such a better party planner than i am because like the idea of like going and pre-buying toiletries just in case somebody forgot one is so foreign to my experience i am picking up fantastic tips right now like i mean again i'm not a great host and this is making me a better host i think we're lucky if i remembered to buy food before people (laughs) got there so this is absolutely making me a better host. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have two amazing ladies here to teach me how to do this. So thank you to you both. Before we sign off, I have to ask, um, for somebody who's considering having their first home party, do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement for them? What would you say to them? I would say just go for it. Um there's a million reasons you can make up not to do it, um, but you only need one to do it. So just do it. I love that. Katrinka, any words of advice or encouragement? I definitely agree with Hannah on just do it. You know, there's nothing holding you back. Life is short. We could all be gone tomorrow. You know, throw the damn party, wear the damn diaper <laughs> kind of thing. Fuck and yeah. <laughs> also, um, you know, if you are planning on, um, you know, having people, um, maybe like a larger gathering, you know, like some of the Airbnb type things, um, just, uh, vet thoroughly and make sure that you're clear in your expectations, uh, you know, like the coming and going vanilla disposing of your diapers, um, you know, that kind of thing, just boundaries, make sure people are aware of, um, boundaries as well communicating those boundaries is so important yes absolutely yeah you can't expect people to stick to boundaries you haven't communicated 
um, even if they seem like common sense. And the same goes with consent, right? So um, absolutely, people should have common sense when it comes to consent. But if it's your party, my encouragement would be to communicate what you mean by consent. For instance, at this party, we use the traffic light system. Or at this party, the expectation is this. Um, as same goes for wearing Nilla clothes and doing Nilla things versus ABDL things. I'm really glad you mentioned that, uh, because it's once it's already happened is not the time that you want to address it for the first time. Even if you know folks, well, there's no harm in, in stating your intent. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. You have educated me today and you're giving me more, not only tools, but sort of gumption to go and actually have my own proper ABDL house party. And I look forward to inviting both of you to come down and party with me at Shea RY. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, if folks want to get in touch with you, Katrinka, how do they do that? Uh, they can find me on FetLife. It's just Katrinka. Perfect. And Hannah, how do folks get in touch with you if they want to do that? Uh, they don't. I'm I'm pretty much a ghost, so okay. I don't I don't really do social media or any of it. So, so they can ask Katrinka how to get in touch with there you, and you then go. Katrinka yeah. can reach out. So now it's all on and you, then Katrinka. We'll, and then we'll discuss whether or not I want to reach out. We'll we'll discuss it. But she has to vet them first. That's right. <laughs> there's there's a lot of vetting that needs to happen. Um, well, just uh, wonderful to be with you both. Thank you so much for joining me on Love and Brief. And before we go, um, just a, a reminder, as Hannah reminded us today, that uh, uh, today is uh, Transgender Day of Remembrance. And I encourage you to go and learn more about that. Also, it's our 99th episode. I promised you an ask. Here it is. I really want your favorite memories, episodes, and guests. I need to know what they are because we're going to do a retrospective, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do it until I have all of your input so that I can uh, not only remember for R&T and I that the two of us can reminisce, but we want to reminisce with you. So happy to wait, um, but I, man, I don't want to wait too long. If you would, send me at uh, loveandbrief at gmail.com your, just a note uh, that says your very favorite episode or guest, or moment from Love and Brief. It could be as vague as it was that time you talked about dot, dot, dot. It could be as specific as, hey, on episode 23, 42 minutes and 10 seconds in. Either one is great. If you don't want to email, totally get it. Just so you know, uh, when you do email, I don't um, send you anything back. I don't keep your email. I won't send you spam. I don't add you to a list. I immediately download uh, the text of it and I delete the email so you won't receive anything from me. You don't need to worry about that. Uh, but I understand some folks don't want to email. No problem. You can also send it to me at Instagram at resonant. Yes. Or on Tumblr resonant. Yes. All the same screen name. Pretty easy to get to. You can also send it to me on FetLife at any guesses resonant. Yes. Uh, another great place to do it is on the Tumblr or sorry, on the FetLife uh, group for the Love and Brief podcast. Just get on FetLife, look into groups, look for Love and Brief podcast. We have discussions about not just the hundredth episode, but every episode on there. It's also, by the way, uh, the place where we have been able to chat with folks, make connections and build our transcribers group. And we're in the middle of 
sending out another ask for those who'd be willing to help us transcribe because we've gotten a little bit behind on transcriptions and our good friend uh, Teddy Bear with me is working on rebuilding our transcriber team with some of the amazing transcribers we have so far and potentially with you as a new transcriber. So if that's something that interests you, please do sign on to FetLife and uh, look for that post in the FL group. That's uh, If it's not out yet, it'll be coming out in the next day or two. Raise your hand, join the transcribers group, and help create access to Love and Brief for those who can use transcriptions. If you are somebody who could use a transcription, go to transcripts.loveandbrief.com, and they are waiting for you. We're just a few back, so we're trying to catch up now, and Teddy Bear with me has been so kind to take on that mantle. That's it for us, friends. Any further words today before we depart? Nothing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. This has been another episode of Love in Brief. 